0: This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies. A better choice for insurance.
1: Hey everyone, welcome into the Black and Blue Report on March 30th. We made it to the weekend, Cindy. Yes! Finally, it is Good Friday and we're heading into this Easter Sunday. I'm Caroline Gonzalez alongside... Cindy Robinson! Yes, and we're (laughs) back. We're back. Are you guys excited? Because I know I am.
2: I know. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. We had a few technical things going on here at the Saints and Pelicans organization but now we're back in full effect.
1: Back and better than ever.
2: You know it.
1: (laughs) So the Pelicans take on the Cavs tonight. We're going to be talking about that. We're also going to be introducing a few new segments called um, Tell Me Something Good where we'll talk about some of the things that the uh, Pelicans are doing well right now. We'll also be talking about stat for stat how they compare to the Cavs and um, on the football side of things, we'll be talking to D- Daniel Jeremiah from Move the Sticks on NFL Network. We'll also be talking about the Saints on social and what they've been uh, tweeting about and Instagram posting about lately.
2: Always fun in this day and age. You so know?
1: active. So active. <laughs> I can't keep up. So, uh, Cindy, where do you think you're going to be watching the game on Friday?
2: Well, you know, we have bar crew. They're getting things going lately. A few of the places they've gone so far have been a good time to watch the game so this friday they will be at american sports saloon have you been there i have not so that's why i'm excited i heard you have though. yeah so
1: i actually went there to watch the super bowl and it was super cool so you had to reserve your table which i don't think you'll have to do for the pelicans game but it was awesome because we had like two couches there was a tv there's like Uh, There was at least 20 TVs on the upper deck for each individual party that was there. So So it was like
2: a balcony view. Yeah.
1: So there was a balcony Ah. and then there was an inside party for the Patriots and then another party for the Eagles fans and stuff like that. So it was really cool and it was a good time and it's definitely spacious. So I think you'll enjoy it if you go.
2: Granted, this game isn't as big as the Super Bowl, but I'm sure they'll still have some fun things in store for anybody who's going. So I definitely encourage other people to go. I think I'm going to pop in, so maybe we can meet each other. More room
1: to party, right?
2: <laughs> that part. <laughs> but um, this game, Caroline, I'm excited. you know, we're narrowing down. We only have so many games left. Every game is important. Every game no is more important. Ankle injuries. We are,
1: <laughs> knock
2: on wood, okay? Seriously. But we have seven games left. Mm-hmm. Playoffs are yeah. upon us. Playoffs. Playoffs are upon us and we are right there we are in the thick of everything western conference is so deep right yeah. now
1: one game two games just right neck and neck between the four position and between the uh, eight position it's just all within one and two games and I think if the pelicans can just uh, like win out I think they would they would place themselves perfectly and I think obviously we need to be higher in the standings than lower right and I think we would we could have a really good chance if we play the right teams. Right. I know I would rather us play, you know, the Spurs or the Trailblazers right. or something rather than the Rockets and the Warriors. But, you know, we'll take anything that we can.
2: So this game against the Cavaliers, big game, obviously, like you said, every game counts at this point. Right. Cavs have been playing, you know, like up and down, I would now. say. They, they're still learning with their new crew that they have over there. Exciting stuff, maybe more like, I guess, uh, would I say exciting? Is yeah. that the right word? I guess we'll go exciting. Son against father.
1: Yep. Our we've second are- one of the year. We had Jamel McMillan. I was going to say, we've already
2: had yep. these matchups where, like you said, Jamel McMillan is our, one of our coaches mm-hmm. going against his dad, against Pacers, Pacers coach. Yeah. But this time we have player versus coach. It's gonna going to be interesting.
1: On. I wonder, you know, Larry Drew II, if you don't know who we're talking about, Larry Drew II just signed his second 10-day contract with the Pelicans, yes. which means... Now he'll be playing against his father, who's the interim coach of the Cavaliers as in replacement Ty of Ty Lue, who has an illness that, you know, undisclosed no, yeah, at the undisclosed. moment. But he's
2: going through something. Pray for Ty Lue. Right. Right. Um, but in his place is Larry Drew's dad. Yep.
1: And our own Pelicans, Daniel Salerson or Diesel, as we like to call him, caught up with Larry Drew, the second at practice on Thursday. Let's listen in to see what he had to say.
3: Larry, is this the first time you're going to face your dad in a professional setting here? Um, I actually use my second time.
4: Uh, We went up to Cleveland, uh, 2015, when I was on a 10-day contract with the Philadelphia 76ers. So, um, like I said, it's my second go-around. Looking forward to it; it's going to be
3: exciting. So, being that it is the second time around, what was that first one like for you? The fact that he's sitting there across the court from you?
4: It was, it was, you know, surreal, man. Uh, You know, always dreamed about you know the possibility of maybe you know facing uh you know my pops at the at the highest level of competition uh so you know it's like a dream come true
3: is it a little different now that he's gonna be the head coach tomorrow night
4: yeah i mean you know it's it's it's, it's it's still that you know we have that competitive nature between the both of us uh Obviously, we want to go in and we want to take care of business on on our side of uh, of the floor. So you know, it's uh, it's just it's just another game for us.
3: How much do y'all talk during the week? Or I know, obviously, you both are busy during the season. But how much do y'all communicate? And was there some communication when you found out again? Obviously, that you'd be facing each other.
4: Yeah, I mean, we talk. You know, almost every day. All right, bro. We talk. We talk almost almost every day. And uh, you know, yeah. As soon as we, as soon as I found out that you know. Uh, the Pelicans are going to sign me back to my second 10-day, you know, I, I hit them up right away because I already knew that, you know, Cleveland was uh, coming up next on the schedule. So, uh, you know, there's a little trash talk between us two.
3: I was about to say, how much trash talk is there? Just a
4: little bit, a little friendly wager going on? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 kind of hit or miss for me at this point, you know, being on the 10-day, uh, not really, you know, knowing, you know, how many minutes per se, I, if, I, if I'm going to get in the game or not. But, I mean, obviously, like I say, if I get in the game, you know, I just want to do what I can do to, you know uh, – guarantee us a win you say you talk a lot with
3: your dad how much of it is basketball really and how much is it just him being a dad depend on the day for
4: uh you know whatever's going on like whether you know if they got a game if we got a game uh kind of just you know go with the flow i mean uh, basketball is so second nature so it's like even when we talk basketball it's like you know it's it's from like a family perspective just because it's like you know i've been playing my whole life you know he's obviously been in the league for a long time Was it tough
3: growing up having a basketball dad, as far as him being a coach, or was that because I'm sure your whole family has been basketball related that it was easy because it was something that you wanted to do?
4: I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Like growing up, you know, I I played a lot of basketball. I played a played a lot, a lot of basketball. Um, You know, I was kind of stubborn as a kid coming up. You know, I I, there were definitely points in points in time where I kind of, you know. Almost got tired of hearing the same things over and over from him. And then, like, I would hear it from other people and then kind of be like, oh, okay, you know, that's what he was, you know, trying to say. But I definitely, you know, as I've gotten older, uh, you know, definitely, definitely cherish, you know, like the things that he that he says to me just because it's like, you know, I, I truly understand, you know, he, he has, you know, a, a true basketball mind. You know what I'm saying? He's almost, you know. A genius when it comes to this basketball uh, the game of basketball, you know And he sees it from like a point guard perspective, which is great because you know, we play the same position So it's like, you know, I, I, I'm obviously very blessed to have somebody like him in my life What advice has he given you through your journey through the NBA so far just to be yourself? You know trust your instincts don't overthink and just go out there and have fun for real. Um, You know, like I say it is a game at the end of the day, but um, you know Just really try not to put too much pressure on yourself. Or let you go talk about your journey here so
3: far second 10-day contract what have you learned from this process you've been able to get some minutes uh time.
4: you also have drew and rondo behind
3: you what have you learned from them and just talk about your experience here so far
4: um <clears throat> my experience here has been great you know i love the organization uh obviously uh, a ton of uh great players and like drew and, and rondo you know to kind of you know i can lean back on i can ask these guys questions you know they've been playing the game for a while at this level um, but for me, it's just, it's just, you know, staying ready for my opportunity. Um, like I say, I don't really know when my name is going to get called, but I obviously want to be prepared for it so that, um, when I'm in there, you know, I can make an impact. Larry, appreciate the time. No problem. Thank you.
1: I don't know you about you, Cindy, but I am looking forward to this game tonight. Yeah,
2: I think it's going to be good. I think we definitely need a win because let's face it, these last two games have been a little heartbreaking, especially that last one at home
1: in the end. Close.
2: I was so hurt, Caroline. So hurt.
1: We had all the right opportunities. So, like each one is the person that we would want to take those shots, you know?
2: Definitely. I I do think the game plan was, I mean, as good as it could get in that situation. So it just didn't, you know, the chips didn't fall into our place. Right. That's okay. It's okay. But we can't have too many more of those games. I do get a little nerve-wracked about how we don't like to like get out and just win a game we have to make it a close game all the way through and have everybody on their seats wondering what's gonna happen heart beating but it makes for good entertainment so I will
1: take it I'm interested to see what happens tonight with Rajon Rondo because he is he was out last game and he might be out he's questionable for tonight's game but so is Kevin Love for the Cavs so those are two top tier players for both teams that are possibly out for tonight. So we'll Too see bad it they don't match up though. Yeah. I
2: mean. And let's not forget if the Cavs don't have LeBron out it <laughs> does not matter who else is out. Okay, yeah, King
1: James might take over things but then again so might AD. Yeah
2: we okay we have, yep, our, own we have superstar. our own superstar.
1: <laughs> Speaking of uh, those comparisons we'll go into our First segment, stat for stat. So I don't know about you, Cindy, but these stats were, when I was looking them up, were like impressively close. I was expecting one team to run away with one stat or the other, but they were so close, which, you know, was shocking to me. One of the stats was in three-point percentage, the Cavs were 37% from the three. The Pels were 36%. Field goal, Pels were 48%. And the Cavs were 47%. So those are both stats that are within 1% of each other. So
2: this is overall all season. Yeah, all okay. season. So now I went a little deeper because, you know, the Cavaliers are a whole new team. Mm-hmm. From what they were in completely, like the completely D-day. different. They D-day. have they have different people. They got rid of people. They dropped people. You know, yep. you know how that goes. It's LeBron the nature said, of the business. It, so it happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's the nature of the business. At the end of the day, so I did the stats for the month of March, and in the month of March, the Cavs field goal percentage has been forty eight point six percent, and the Pels have been forty seven point nine percent. So it's now, like the same.
1: They've ne- been the same in March as very they all neck year. and neck.
2: And I will say. As of lately, I would say the last, maybe what, five or so games, Mm -hmm. we have seen the Pelicans shoot less and drive to the paint more. And they're scoring in the paint more, which is, I'm okay with that. Like, yes, we love to see those threes. But Mm -hmm. if it's not dropping, drive. Hashtag Drew Holiday. Drive. Okay, (laughs) thank you. I'm loving seeing our shooting guards pass up the shot you know even if it is an open shot they know they're not hitting the night they're finding another way to score and that's the type of transitions we need to see
1: and i think the biggest thing too is that we're making the extra pass so we're not it's not selfish basketball it's not you know like okay i'm gonna take this shot even though it's contested i'm looking to drive in make that extra pass and our guys are just developing so much more chemistry than they had even from a month ago, you know, their chemistry is just getting so much better.
2: When you say passes, let's talk about these assists, okay? Drew yep, Holiday. Hello. Again. Pels are averaging 26.3 assists a game, okay? That's amazing. While the we're beating out the Cavs because the Cavs are only doing 23.3, mind you, still very close. Right. Like, everything about these teams are neck and neck. And I know people don't really like to look at stats all the time because mm-hmm. they're like – Stats don't show what's actually going on in the game, but at the end of the
1: day, it does tell (laughs) you what's
2: happening in the game. It
1: may not seem like all this is happening, but it is. Right. No, I agree. I think the this game is going to be tough for the Pelicans, but like we said, it's going to be another essential game that they really need to pull out. So, you know, we've talked about how good they've been driving the ball. What are some of of the other things that the Pelicans are doing really well right now?
2: You're talking about some tell me something good, huh? Yep, tell you me th- something good. I know, okay. I don't know if that's how the song goes, <laughs> but I'm gonna let Re-check. you slide on that one. Um, I, like I said, I mentioned before, I really think they're scoring in the paint a lot better than what we've seen because mm-hmm. it's coming from more than just AD and Emeka and Czech, mm-hmm. it's coming from Ian, Etuan, Drew. You know, everyone's finding their way to the basket, getting those points that we need those are more clutch points than a shot. Right. A layup is more guaranteed than a shot at this point. And I'm, I'm liking seeing that because it's giving us a, more, a faster pace. Right. Um, we're loving fast breaks mm-hmm. lately.
1: Well, I think what is good is that everyone knows their role and everyone's playing it so well. So Emeka can come in and play 10, 12 minutes, and he's giving us good minutes. He doesn't have to play 24, 40 minutes. Right. And same thing with Ian, same thing with Etuan. Like, everyone is coming in and doing their job, and I think that's what's making this Pelicans team mesh so well is that, okay, I know my role. I know I'm a shooter or I'm attacking the basket, or yes. with Emeka, I'm tipping the ball back. I'm getting, I'm getting in there and getting rebounds. So yes. I think – that's one of the things that they're doing so well right now, which is taking them to limits that they've never, they haven't never, they have been in a few years. Right, and let's not forget Check's energy, okay? Yep. No one is matching Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever,
2: okay? <laughs> no one.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, if you see him all year on the bench, I mean, you know, since DeMarcus is out, he has been playing a lot more of it mm. all year. Every time someone made a big play, you saw Check getting – absolutely hype on the bench like he was a hype man for every single person so he's just brought that energy onto the court and it's it's really good to see yeah
2: brings so much energy makes it fun for the team team loves seeing him celebrate his right. own points and everything so i think that's the best part check has won everybody's heart and i think <laughs> it,
1: it makes the guys comfortable right so when you have someone who's a leader like ad and he's kind of serious and taking himself mm-hmm. seriously and then you have a guy like check who's like He's doing his job, and he's doing things very well, but he's also lighthearted and making right. you realize, okay, it's basketball. I'm supposed to be having fun with it, right. which I think is important. What else are the Pels doing good, Caroline? So AD and Drew Holiday, we discussed them. So they're having their best statistical season yet. So AD um, is averaging a double-double with 28.3 points per game and 11 total rebounds. He leads the NBA in blocks with wow. shooting. Leads the NBA <laughs> in blocks. Shooting 54% from the field and 34% from the three. I mean, you just couldn't ha- ask him to play any Let's better. Let's not
2: forget that triple-double with the blocks.
1: Yep. Oh with my the God. blocks. Who does that? Speaking no of blocks, Drew Holiday's chase-down block. When I saw that, okay, I have to admit, I fell asleep for like half of a second because it was a really long day. But when I saw that that block, that chase down block, I was like,
2: "Tell me that kidding? didn't give you all the faith you thought we had to win this game." You Drew Holiday hit ours. jets
1: that I haven't seen him hit in such a long time. Like he was so fast, I was like, "What the heck?" More just than happened? anything,
2: you know what that shows me? The fight. There's right. a fight to win now. It's not just well, we're down. We're going to lose it. Like, it's a fight to the very last second. If there's still a the chance, you see them out there going for it. And I appreciate that because as an athlete, I want to see you fight. Yep. I don't care. It's not over till it's over. <laughs> right.
1: Um, I think we're seeing Drew Holiday, like, again, he's having his best statistical season. He's shooting 49% from the field, which is 4% higher than his career high. He's having 19 po- points per game. He's averaging nearly six assists. I think we're just seeing him find himself more like he's mm. a lot more confident since Rajon Rondo is able to take that point card position we're able to see Drew Holiday just become yeah. more confident drive into the lane and he's not passing up the shots that he was at the beginning of the season before you would see him try to make that extra pass and he's still looking for it but not as much he's just trying to do his job and go to the basket or pull up for the the jumper I think he's just he's finding himself more and he's playing his best basketball
2: you know for a minute we were saying it was the braids, right? He took the braids out, though, yep. braided it in two braids. <laughs> but he told me, he said it, they're coming back. They're so coming look back. for them soon. Yeah, because he sure lost when. when
1: he had the, the shoe braids.
2: I mean, but he lost once he got, he, he had, the streak ended. It yeah. ended. But, okay, we're moving on to games coming up, okay? Yep. We okay, have some see, um, home games mm-hmm. Sunday, yep. Easter. Make sure you guys are there. If you have not bought your tickets, you still can, yep. okay?
1: Go to church first and then come to the Pelicans game. We'll have some fun things. We have our um, our T-shirt giveaway. We yes. have Pierre's Party Pack presented by Cheetos Popcorn. Guys, you can get three tickets, combo meals, and post-game fun for as low as $54. And you get a free T-shirt. Free T-shirts is like... Doesn't get any better than that. I, I don't know about you, but I love free T-shirts. Like right. That's a way to get me.
2: I love them for pajamas, like, you know, (laughs) know. (laughs) for workouts. They always give you you the XXL,
1: so you just get, like, you know, sleep sleep shirts. And then we go on to Wednesday. Right. Well, first, OKC, we might play them in the playoffs. On Sunday, yeah. Yeah. So that's
2: something – that's even more reason to look out for, because that's someone we may be seeing more than once coming up. So Wednesday, Mm -hmm. Memphis game. It's guys' night
1: out. So, guys, get your friends together. Presented by Loft 18. You get two tickets – four beers, and a $20 Loft 18 gift card for lo- as low as $50. Such a perfect advertisement. Look at that. Get your <laughs> boys. Get your boys and come
2: down. Come on down. And then, because it's wrestling night. Yeah, you get the the mask. Pelican's Lucha Wrestling Mask. First 4,000 fans. So, come on, you guys. We have giveaways each day. You know you want to be there Be there early. Don't wait and come last minute because you're going to miss the gifts. And, and you, can't you help get you. food
1: earlier. You get the roasted nuts. You get jambalaya. You get everything you want, right? There you go. Next, so we oh. look forward to those games coming up for the Pelicans. To purchase tickets, be sure to go on pelicans.com or call 504-525-POOP.
2: And... Stay tuned because we will be talking to NFL Network Daniel Jeremiah to talk about the upcoming draft and moves the Saints are making in free agency. In
4: 1907, Dixie beer was a balanced, refreshing lager brewed with love and top quality ingredients. It would grow to become something that connected us. The neighborhood beer of every New Orleans neighborhood, And now, Dixie is back to that 1907 recipe, original and reinvented, just like its hometown. Visit DixieBeer.com to learn more, and always drink Dixie responsibly. Dixie Brewing Company, New Orleans, Louisiana.
0: What is big? Big is an insatiable hunger for victory. Big is a fearsome front court with AD and Boogie. Big is packing the stands, showing your team colors, and making so much noise, they give you the team ball. Come see the Pels hit the floor against Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Carmelo Anthony of the Oklahoma City Thunder, Sunday, April 1st. Visit Pelicans.com for tickets. New Orleans Pelicans, do it big.
2: We call it No Appointment Radio. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. With less than a month away to the 2018 NFL Draft, we're seeing numerous mock drafts speculating which teams will take the top players in this class. Now we're joined by NFL Network analyst Daniel Jeremiah to get more insight about this year's draft class. Daniel, thanks for joining us.
0: Thanks for having me.
2: So let's get right into this. This draft class, I think like most draft classes, always has some unique you know, factor to it. But what has stood out about this draft more than past draft classes?
0: Well, I think really it's the number of quarterbacks we have at the top. Um, normally we're talking about one guy, maybe two guys. You know, it seems like two has been the magic number over the last, you know, five to seven years where we were talking about Marcus Mariota and James Winston. Was it, you know, awesome Wentz and Wentz? And that debate, it seems like we've always had kind of two guys. And this year, there's there's really kind of five marketing quarterbacks that have been talked about. So uh, you have those those four that everybody expects to go in the top ten with Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, and then Lamar Jackson kind of sliding in right behind them. is, is kind of the ultimate wild card where you don't know, is he going to go in the top 15? Is he going to fall out of the first round? But he's a name everybody's familiar with and everybody's you know seen him play. So those five quarterbacks plus – Saquon Barkley. Um, Those six players really have kind of uh, drove the discussion so far the run up to the draft.
1: So let's say that the Browns pick quarterback as their first pick. What position after that is going to do you think is going to create kind of that domino effect to what dictates what pick what kind of picks teams make after that?
0: Yeah you know it's going to be interesting because I think the draft really gets interesting at pick number two. Uh, Mm -hmm. All of us expect the Browns to take quarterback at one and then the Giants pick it's do they do they take Eli Manning's successor I mean he's 37 years old do you go try and find the next guy you know is that you know is that Rosen is that Allen is it Mayfield what are they going to do there too or do they take you know the best position player who you know a lot of people feel like okay Saquon Barkley's that guy but you know when you look at the Giants history especially with their GM Dave Gettleman he loves the line of scrimmage and loves big guys so you've got Bradley Chubb who's a you know, the best pass rusher in the draft, and Quentin Nelson, the guard from Notre Dame, who's the best lineman in the draft. So that's where the intrigue is, and they could go in any direction. And then the other thing that people uh, like myself are on the lookout for is, are they going to get out of there? Um, you know, Buffalo is a team that's been talked about a bunch, trying to get up into the top five to get a quarterback. So that's, uh, that's an option there, too. The Giants could just completely fail out of there and collect a huge haul of picks. So that's where it really starts getting interesting. And then The next point I think that people are looking at, you know, we all assume after the Jets trade up to three, they're taking a quarterback. There's no mystery there. But the Cleveland Browns' second pick, you know, do they take Chubb? Do they take Barkley if he were to fall there? Or are they one of those teams that says, hey, we've got our quarterback at one? Now maybe we can trade out and get a big haul. So there's so many different uh, spots in the draft that are going to be domino uh, type picks. And those are the two right there in the top 10.
2: With the focus being so much on the first round, I know we ta- we tend to talk about like the top players and who's going to go first. Yeah. But I'm always interested in talking about the hidden gems in the draft because prime example, we had Alvin Kamara, who was drafted in the third round, but he ended his rookie season as the offensive rookie of the year. Are there any sleepers that teams should look out for in this draft?
0: Oh yeah, there's always there's always sleepers. I'm going to be a homer because I went to Appalachian State. <laughs> <laughs> Colby Gossett is a guard from Appalachian State. Uh, you know, there's Division One, but it's in the Sun Belt. It's a lower level. And uh, he went to the Senior Bowl, and he was outstanding there. Um, you know, you, you get a chance to watch him go up against, you know, guys from Alabama, LSU, and everybody else, and he more than held his own. So as an offensive lineman, I think in the fourth round probably is where um, you could see him go. A guy like Nate, Nathan Shepard from Fort Hayes State is a defensive lineman. Who's you know he's 6'3", 300 pounds, and he is a big, strong dude uh, who I think you know might surprise some people how high he ends up going in you know say the third round. And then a real, real down the line sleeper, uh, Rock Thomas, uh, is a running back from Jacksonville State. Who's he was a five star kid coming out of high school, went to Auburn, and it didn't work out there for whatever reason. He ended up transferring down a level. And uh, he's an explosive player. He's fun to watch. And he's kind of a running back I could see going in that six-round area that would be a, a nice little hidden gem.
1: Sounds very familiar.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've seen that once or twice, huh?
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I want to tone the focus more, more in on the Saints now. So you've seen what they've done in the free agency with Jermon Bushrod, Demario Davis, Patrick Robinson, Tom Savage, and recently Benjamin Watson. So – but we've also seen Peyton talk about that he has Sean Payton talk about the must positions that the Saints need to get, like a, uh, an edge rusher, a receiver, maybe a tight end to, you know, learn from Benjamin Watson. What do you think would be the most essential position for the Saints to go after with their number 27 pick?
0: Well, I think you, you got to just kind of see what comes your way. I don't think you want to force it. And I think their roster is in pretty good shape to the point where they have some, some places they want to address. But it's not like they're, you know, oh, we have to take, you know, position A or we're, we're not going to be able to line up and play next year. So I think they're in a pretty good spot there. I think if you look at receivers, um, that would be a place I'd be pretty interested in. Um, you look at a guy like D.J. Moore from Maryland, if he somehow were faulty to you there, I think that'd be a, a great fit. You know, tight end after they courted Jimmy Graham so heavily to try and get him back was was uh, something a lot of people were looking at them to do. You know, bring back Ben Watson as a – Is a nice piece there, but obviously he's towards the end of the line. So I could see tight end being an option for him there. I'm a huge Hayden Hurst fan, and I'm a huge Dallas Goddard fan. Those are the two tight ends I think are the top guys. Um, One of those two I think would be a great fit. The the challenge with the pass rusher, I just don't know if the value of the player is going to be there as an edge rusher at, at pick number 27. You might find yourself... Maybe trying to reach a little bit at that point in time for an edge rush just might end up uh, you know waiting around or so on that one.
1: Is that something that you think they should continue to explore in free agency?
0: Yeah, I mean there's not a whole lot left out there. Mm-hmm. It's kind of slim pickings right now. But you know the the one thing that they've done, especially last year, it's you know you talk about Kamara and, and look at you know Alex Anzalone when he was healthy, and they were able to find guys in the in those middle rounds that are outstanding players, so uh, I would keep an eye on that you know you get a guy like Komoko Turei an edge rusher for Rutgers he's not going to go in the first round but that's you know somebody that's explosive and to kind of fit fit what you do there so guys like that guys like Taekwon Lewis from Ohio State uh, another defensive lineman they're not first round picks uh, but I think you could get starting caliber really really good football players outside the first round
2: what about quarterback? Is that something you see the Saints addressing at all in the draft? I know we just signed Drew Drew Brees for the yeah. next two years and Tom Savage. And Tom Savage and we have Taysom Hill, but is there any interest in having a younger quarterback learn from Drew at this time?
0: Yeah, I mean, look, you, you know, I, we're not in, I'm not inside the building like you guys are, right. but just you hear the you hear the the love for Taysom Hill that, that reaches all the way out here to us in uh, California. So they're not they're not uh, not real quiet about their affection for him. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's the guy going forward, but I, I wouldn't rule out a quarterback for them in the first couple rounds. You know, I, I see you know a guy like Luke Falk from Washington State or, or a guy like uh, Mason yeah, Rudolph Washington from Oklahoma State. State. Sorry. Oh, oh are you are are you a Yes,
2: I'm a Washington state. I went to, I went to Washington oh. state undergrad. So yes, I'm all uh, for Luke. Oh, ball. there
0: you go. Yeah, so well, let me ask you this question then. This, did you ever get a ticket driving through Colfax?
2: Of course. Okay,
0: <laughs> Colfax from Sp-
2: from Spokane. It, even going yep. to Idaho a few times.
0: I've got I've got two I've got two speeding tickets in Colfax from my scouting days and I think it was a rite of passage for every NFL scout. You have to learn the hard way about yeah. the Colfax Speed Trap.
2: Yeah, you have to go as slow as they want you to. It's not a, a for <laughs> negotiation.
0: No, if, if it's 25, if you're going 27, you're, you're getting a ticket.
2: For those of you that don't know, coming from – when you go to Washington State, Washington <laughs> State is in Pullman, you have to usually fly into Spokane. There is a Pullman Airport, but it's super small and expensive. So you either fly into Spokane or you fly into Lewiston, Idaho. So when you're coming from Spokane, there's this small town, like literally – it should take you no more than five minutes to drive through, mm-hmm. but because the speeding limit I think it's like what, twenty five or twenty. Yeah, it
0: goes from like it goes from like sixty five to twenty five mm-hmm. and it is the smallest sign
2: and that you you've ha- ever exactly not seen. and you have to go that slow because they literally will pull you over. No like it needs to be at that limit, twenty. I've gotten plenty of tickets and my friends too. So yes. It's All a right, big
0: good. Deal. we we have something in common. There's definitely uh, something we share there. Right. <laughs> But I am a big, you know, look, go, you know, in all seriousness, Luke Falk, I think, could end up being the steal of this quarterback class because he's not going to go in the first round. I don't know if he's going to go in the second round. He might be somebody you get in the third or fourth round. Right. And when you watch him, you know, in some big games, I mean, he's, you know, he played against UCLA, played against USC right. with those whole high-profile quarterbacks, and and, uh, and came out on the winning side of it. So uh, he's somebody I think definitely could be a nice sleeper find there for the uh, for the Saints.
2: Thank you so much for your time, Daniel. We really appreciate you talking with us.
0: Well, I appreciate you having me. Let's do it again sometime.
2: Oh, we'd love to. You guys can follow him on Twitter at MoveTheSticks, and you can also see Daniel Monday through Friday on NFL Network's Path to the Draft at 5 p.m. Central. So we'll definitely be watching, Daniel.
0: All right, thanks. And everybody at home, that's a good reminder. Drive below the speed limit.
2: Yes, yes, do that. (laughs) Thank you so (laughs) much. See you later.
1: Thank you.
0: All right, bye-bye.
2: And that was Daniel Jeremiah. You guys can also check out NewOrleansaints.com to stay up-to-date on moves the Saints are making. Speaking of moves, Caroline, made the moves. NFL, okay, has made some
1: rule changes this week at the owner's meeting in Orlando, Florida, and not everyone's happy about them. Nope. I think we're going to see a lot more penalties, and the game's going to slow down a lot more. So let's get
2: into these rules, okay? Mm-hmm. One of the main ones I want to talk about first, just because so much controversy, controversy, <laughs> <laughs> last year, last season, the catch rule. Right. How many times have we seen, is that a catch? Let's right. go back and re-. that was a cat. I mean, all the way dating back to Dez Bryant's catch years mm-hmm. ago.
1: So Dez now
2: <laughs> they think, I guess it seems like they have simplified the rules.
1: I think that's what they needed to do, but it. Uh, I just, I don't know. It's, I don't think they simplified it. I think they just made more room for a question.
2: So they broke it down. It's, Remind me, it's... Control of the ball. Yeah, control of the ball. Two
1: feet down or another body part. There you go. um, Or a football move, which includes a third step, reaching or extending for the ball, uh, reaching or extending, and for a line to gain an ability to perform such an act. So I think that just leaves more room for error. You Mm -hmm. know, like I just think people are going to, be even more confused now. And what counts as a football move? What doesn't count as a football move?
2: That's probably the most questionable part about it. The, mm-hmm. the football move, like who's going to designate that was a football move or it wasn't. Right. So we are going to see how it goes in preseason. Cause mm-hmm. I'm for sure that's where it's going to start. Right. Um, And I'm, I honestly don't doubt that it's going to get amended again mm-hmm. throughout the season, just be, or maybe not changed during the season, but like there's going to raise questions for it to be looked at over again, because now with this rule, Des Bryant's catch would have been labeled a, a catch. Mm-hmm. A few of Michael Thomas's against the Jets that got called back would have right. been labeled a catch. Like we're gonna see some issues with it for sure. Yep. But that's just the nature of rules lately, huh? And they're all getting confusing,
1: including the tackle, tackle rule. rule.
2: Mm, blessings. Okay, so we <laughs> have seen some defensive players already. Lash back about this defensive tackle rule now. Um, I have heard over the last few years, I feel like, that people have complained football is getting soft. Mm-hmm. And we all know football is a contact sport. It's gritty. Mm-hmm. You know, it's your injuries are a possibility. Mm-hmm. It's a tough man sport. We right. all know that. With that being said, you also want to make sure that you're not hurting people intentionally or putting people in a position to, you know, their lives after football. Right. And I think that's the
1: biggest thing is that people are calling it soft, but you never got the opportunity to see how many people were affected by football and the old rules before. And now that we have social media and we have cameras on our phone every single second of the day, you know, we can see the after effects of those hits. And so I think it's making more of an impact on people. Um, so right. that's why they needed to tweak it. And so it's not soft. It's just making people more aware of what's going on. So
2: you're in favor of the rule change. I don't know. I, I'm in favor of this rule, but yeah. I
1: think they should make it safer. Absolutely. Okay.
2: So Richard Sherman weighed in mm-hmm. on his thoughts about the rule change and he says it's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> he quote unquote says like telling a driver, if you touch the lane lines, you're getting a ticket. It's going to lead to more lower extremity injuries. hmm. And Josh Norman, a fellow cornerback, he weighed in and agreed with uh, Richard. He said, I don't know how you're going to play the game. If your helmet comes in contact, question, how are you going to avoid that if you're in the trenches and hit a running back? Face mask to face mask and accidentally graze the helmet. It's obviously going to happen, so I don't even know what that definition looks like.
1: Right, I agree. It's just an awkward movement. So if you're keeping your head up, I mean, football is a fast-paced game, so... You're not – yes, you need to be able to control your body and you need to practice it and blah, 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 but that's just such an awkward movement. Like, imagine just running around with your neck, with your chin up and just, like, trying to tackle people. Like, I understand what they're trying to do, but at the same time, like, that's that's going to be an impossible move to to react that quickly and to right. try to do that.
2: I'm not even going to act like I know everything about what goes into these moments because I've never played <laughs> – I mean, tackle football a day in my life. I, right. You know – I have played powder puff but it's a different situation. A Little different. Way different. We're not tackling, we don't have pads, all that. But needless to say, if the defenders, the people who are playing this sport have an issue with it, that's where you feel like you got to you have to communicate with the players because they're the ones actually out there playing. Right. And if they're telling you that's not that doesn't have to be changed so much to that extreme. Then you should listen to that. And I think
1: they need to talk to the players' association and things like that to say, like you said, what are the players what do the players suggest? What do they think we should do so that we don't have these problems? Yes, you're gonna have flashback from players no matter what you do, but if you get feedback from the players, you're gonna have less negativity.
2: Yeah, because none of them are are trying to hurt another player. Right. So at the end of the day, they're gonna want to choose the best option, but they also don't want to take away from the game that mm-hmm. they've grown up playing and gotten to this point. Now you're changing
1: it as they're, you know, they're. And that's another thing: changing old ab- habits die hard. Like that's very difficult to change something. If you ask me to change my jump shot right now, it'd it would be very, di- yeah, like that's. Ask me to change my start. Exactly, it's not, that's not gonna <laughs> happen. So I think yes, you want them to be safe, but in a reasonable way that, like we said, the players are gonna weigh in on and agree on. Right.
2: And the final rule that has been changed, the extra point rule, which I don't really think anybody's gonna lash back yeah. on that one. That's like hooray to the end of the game. Hooray honestly. it would
1: have been nicer for us this season, but you know it, Yeah. It is, so you it is. don't
2: exactly what is it? You at the end of a game You don't if have to kick leading, the extra, Right.
1: You, you don't, don't have, have to, to kick pick
2: the extra point. Okay, so those are the rule changes from the owners' meeting in Orlando, Florida. You know, that was great to see mrs benson speaking on behalf of the saints what a lady what a lady i am all here for the girl power me too okay appreciate the women that we have in the league it's very few of them (laughs) at least as far in that position right right when we come back we'll have saints on social and we'll be talking with tight end benjamin watson our newest addition to the saints team who's also a former saint stay tuned
0: Now, Uber takes you couch to courtside at the tap of a button. Heading to a Pelicans game, Uber helps you pass on the parking and focus on the fun. And if you're still an Uber rookie, you can get $20 off your first ride with code PELICANS18. Uber, a proud partner of your New Orleans Pelicans. The New Orleans Pelicans have the perfect way for you to do it big with your buds by scoring the Guys Night Out six-pack, presented by Loft 18. Packages are available for select Pelicans home games throughout the season and include two tickets, four beers, and a $20 gift certificate to Loft 18, your ultimate indoor golfing experience, all for as low as $50. Do it big with the next Guys Night Out six-pack, presented by Loft 18, on Wednesday, April 4th against the Memphis Grizzlies. Visit pelicans.com to plan your Guys Night Out today. Want each show delivered right to your iPhone or iPad? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Black and Blue Report.
2: Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. As we mentioned before, we have a new segment coming in. Saints on Social. We know the Saints love to talk on social. All day. All day, every day. Instagram, Twitter, that's really the main one. Yeah, <laughs> no one's, one's going Especially with
1: the Snapchat update, right? Everyone's going to Instagram now. Instagram stories are getting some love. Yeah, had, have you seen um, Mark Ingram's uh, Snapchat story, Mark Ingram Twenty Two? Uh, I will, every now and then I'll catch it. So him, I think I don't know if he's doing it, but I know his daughters are doing swim lessons, and it is the cutest thing ever because they have their little princess one pieces on, and it's so cute. I love to see it. Um, you, like you. I think it's every Friday or something. They have swim lessons. It's adorable.
2: I love that he always shows his kids on his socials, and that's always fun to see it. Especially his little newborn. I was gonna say newborn baby already with the fresh cakes, just like pops, right? Yep, gotta stay fly speaking of Mark he will be joining the NFL USO tour in Italy and Germany that should be fun
1: yeah another way to see the world right you're doing doing good things and it's just another opportunity for you to get out there um, express yourself as a brand and just see the world. I think that's an awesome opportunity.
2: Yeah, he's joining other NFL players from different teams, and then Rex Ryan will be joining them as well. So that shall be fun for him. I know Cam Jordan did it last year, so that'll be cool.
1: Speaking of h- him on social, did you see his uh, m- one of mo- his more recent tweets about uh, Uber and Lyft? Oh, um, I'm not I'm, –
2: I'm gonna say I'm not surprised, but yes. <laughs> so
1: if you didn't see it at Cam Jordan ninety four said, I mentioned I wanted to be an Uber driver this season, this off season, maybe an Uber black or a Lyft equivalent. How funny would it be to be to see Cam Jordan as a Lyft driver? I would
2: say it'd be funnier if he did like you know how some of the shows they'll do a they'll dress someone up and then right. disguise them and right. then you find out this this is Shaq driving me, or this is um, DJ Khaled. But Cam will do it just himself.
1: Mm-hmm. I feel like he'll be the one that has like the Android charger, the oh. iPhone charger, oh, yes. all the snacks, fruit snacks, Fully prepared snacks, like, and the conversation. He <laughs> will talk you up no matter what.
2: That's the one that if you don't like your Uber drivers to speak to you, you will want to press cancel on this one.
1: <laughs> also, he was excited about the newest edition Benjamin Watson, right? Because we saw his tweet. He quoted... Benjamin Watson's tweet where he said round hashtag that and then he quoted it and said my guy because he played with Benjamin Watson when he first came to the Saints when Cam first came to the Saints and so I think that's going to be a cool addition to see them back in action
2: yeah I think a lot of the team is excited about that new addition to you know in the tight end core Benjamin Watson he's been a part of the team he was here with Drew, obviously Drew Brees Mark Ingram uh, Cam yeah he, he mentioned a few people I actually spoke with him yesterday about returning to the team and how excited he is to be a part of the Saints how does it feel knowing you're returning to the Saints
5: it's uh it's exciting uh for me and for my family um you know just for my career being able to extend my career for one more year play for an organization that we're familiar with and uh return to familiar surroundings is very comforting I, I would say um especially when you talk about moving uh w- one more time but um, it's exciting to be a part of the organization again just because of our experience with the Saints uh, two years ago uh, for three years when we were here before.
2: Right. I know you had a few visits with free agency, but what specifically encouraged you to come back to New Orleans?
5: Well, th- there's always certain things you look for: the stability um, when you look at the head coach, still, the, the the owner, um, you know, the the front office, uh, the kindness that was extended to me by by Mr. Benson. Um, when he was here and also with Mrs. Benson. Um, and also just the respect that I have for Coach Payton and for Mickey and, and for Terry and, and Kai and all those in the front office. And then, you know, the locker room. Uh, there's, there's guys still there that I know, although a lot, of, a lot of the players are new, which happens in the NFL a lot, um, just the relationship with Drew and, and Brittany. Um, and again, the community. The community really supported us while we were here. The first time through my first three years, um with a lot of things that we wanted to do uh, in the community but just just being involved and and having those relationships I think always um gives you a a positive remembrance of a place and so to be able to come back is is um is great for for me and the fans
2: I know you mentioned um the (laughs) locker room and the players that you know and have known from other teams did you talk to any of them leading up to your return here
4: well,
5: I've been in contact with, with some of those guys ever since I left. I mean, w- once you play with guys um, for a, uh, a few years, you remain friends. So, I, I mean, I have friends, you know, being that I've been on four different teams, I have friends from a lot of different different teams. But uh, specifically, uh, you know, I, I will watch the, the guys play um, when they will go out. I, I talked to Mark. I talked to um, Cam. I talk to Drew, obviously. Um, mainly those three the most, but there are other guys also that, you know, we connect uh, to Ron at different times. Um, so it's, it's uh, w- w- when you go through what we go through together, uh, you, you force those bonds and, um, and you stay in, in contact with each other.
2: Yeah, you mentioned you watched them play. So as an observer and knowing the team like you do, how was it watching the Saints' success last year, particularly with the offense and the young talent they were able to bring during the draft?
5: Yeah, it was, um, I mean, the, they drafted well. <laughs> and and, and that, doesn't, that doesn't always happen. Um, a lot of times teams uh, select players that they think are going to do certain things at certain times and they don't. Uh, sometimes there's injuries. Some, you know, it's a very inexact science when it comes to drafting players. And so for the, for the players as well as the, uh, the, the coaches and the, and, and the GM that does the drafting. And so it, it's very rare to see so many young players play a significant time and to play very, very well. Uh, I, I think that um, is, is indicative of what the future will be in New Orleans. Whenever you have a young core that is, that is very talented and able to contribute early, that means they'll continue to do so for several years. Uh, so that was surprising to me, um, you know, just seeing so many uh, rookies and, and young players playing, but, but it's good for the team also defensively. um I thought the team played very well offensively as well. I I was, you know, there are a few teams in the NFC, you know, kind of standing back and watching it that I was thinking had a chance uh, to go all the way. And I think the Saints definitely were one of those teams last year um, just watching them.
2: You're well known throughout the league <laughs> for your work in the community. And I know you mentioned how you were involved in the community here. Uh, how are you looking to continue okay. to make an impact off the field?
5: Well, I, that's something that we've always wanted to do wherever we've been. And so um, some guys play in one city for you know, 15 years, and that's great. And that hasn't been our story. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've moved around a little bit. Um, but the good thing about that is the fact that we're able to connect with a bunch of different communities in different parts of the country. We're able to try to leave our mark, and we're able to try to understand the difficulties as well as the beauty in every community. Every community has... Um, great things about it as well as things that could be better. And so being that this will be our second time we have a better grasp, we'll be, be more um, capable when it comes to, um, I guess, picking up probably where we left off. We've already talked to some of the, the organizations that we were involved with when we were there, and I'm sure there'll be new ones. But um, no, the Saints do a, a great job of supporting players' efforts, and also by providing opportunities for guys to, to get involved. A lot of guys just don't know what they want to do. Um, they don't know what interests them. They don't know if they want to be involved with, um, you know, whether it's uh, a local charity for uh, cancer patients or whether it's something for criminal justice or maybe it's something for, um, you name it, the homeless uh, feeding people, um, clothing them, um, whatever it may be. Uh, and the things do a good job of providing those opportunities. And New Orleans is a city that, has a little bit of everything so there's a lot of opportunity for that
2: and finally what are you looking forward to the most about returning to New Orleans
5: um, I can't wait to hear um, the who that chant at the beginning of the game I mean you know when you have the entire Superdome saying it it gives you chills it just does uh, you know and, and I, I've been back a couple times maybe just once or twice since since I've left have been on the other sidelines. And it's still something that once you played in New Orleans, um, you know what that does for the team uh, and for the the fans there when they give that chant in unison. And so um, that's what I'm looking forward to. And the kids are looking forward to it as well.
2: Well, that'll be a great time, I'm sure. Thank you again for joining us, and we're looking forward to seeing you around here this year.
5: Thank you. See you soon.
2: And that was Benjamin Watson. We're definitely excited to see what he's going to bring to the Saints team this year. We'll actually be starting our NFL draft preview on Monday, hopefully starting with the Cleveland Browns. So that will be something to look forward to. Make sure you guys are tuning in. But first things first. Pelicans game day. Let's remember it is Pelicans game day tonight. You can catch the game on ESPN, not Fox Sports New Orleans, 7 p.m. Central. ESPN. Make sure you guys tune in. And if you're not trying to watch ESPN or if you just want to not listen to them, we have an alternative with WRNO 99.5, our own Sean Kelly and John DeShazer on the call. So. And Daniel Salerson, and Diesel. Can't forget Diesel, okay? Make sure you guys tune in. And then, obviously, Sunday's game is a home game. Don't forget to come get your tickets. And join us on Easter Sunday. It'd be a fun way to end the Sunday, right? Absolutely. Sunday, Sunday. Against
1: OKC. We, we could play in playoffs. So it
2: will be a great matchup. Make sure you guys come out and join us. Giveaways, fun. We always have a good time at the game. Thank you guys for listening to another edition of Black and Blue Report with Cindy and Caroline.
1: We hope to make sure you guys listen. Tune in next time. See you next Friday.